Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall, Finn McHale here. Today, we're going to go over the Indianapolis Colts and their offseason moves and what it potentially means not only for the Colts, but also the AFC South. So we're going to do a little bit of background and give you all some information on how the season went for the Colts in brief. So they went 9-8 and this season and they just missed the playoffs due to schedule strength and matchup breakdowns. Especially when you consider that Derek Carr made that amazing throw to Hunter Renfro, allowing the Raiders to kick the field goal and beat the Chargers in overtime in the final regular season game and progress to the playoffs. That was the true death nail for the Colts' playoff hopes. On the quarterback side, in Carson Wentz's first year there, he had a 27-7 touchdown-to-interception ratio with a 94.6 pass rating. That's really excellent. That's a 3.5 or 4-1 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. And also, you had an amazing breakout star in running back Jonathan Taylor. He rushed for 1,811 yards, had 18 touchdowns, and had about 5.5 yards per carry. He was also in the MVP discussion for about a month, month and a half this season. So, he's definitely a boost to that team, breaking out when he did. Now, while it looked like to be a disappointing finish, especially losing to the Jaguars in their final regular season game, this team looked poised to go to the playoffs next year, especially when you consider how Carson Wentz seemed to blossom under Frank Reich again. Why do I say that? Well, when Carson Wentz was in Philadelphia and had that MVP caliber season up until he got injured, Frank Reich was the head offensive coordinator. So it seemed to be that this pairing was going to work, especially with Wentz now in a new area. He could get away from all the drama in Philadelphia. And so that's where they looked poised to go. However, their first major offseason move was to trade Wentz to the Washington Commanders. This was because reportedly, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, was mad about losing to the Jaguars in the final regular season game. I have some issues with this reasoning. Now, on the surface, this probably isn't the full story. It's most likely a combo of Wentz's attitude and ego problems because he might still have some. Also, they had a poor season start going 1-3 the first month. But besides that, at face value, this argument makes no sense. Here's why. Divisional matchups where teams have an edge over the other exist all the time. And there's two perfect examples that happened this season. When you look at the Buccaneers and the Saints, the Saints during the regular season rolled the Bucks. Now, obviously, the Bucs were going to make the playoffs and have a deep push up until they got beat by the Rams. The Saints just own them during the regular season. They're 4-0 during the regular season against the Bucs. Speaking of the Rams, during the regular season, they couldn't do a darn against the 49ers. The 49ers just had that edge over the Rams. Now, the Rams inevitably beat them in the NFC Championship game and then won the Super Bowl, but it just proves the point that regular season matchups and divisional matchups occur where one team's just going to have the edge over the other. Also, let's just swap out Carson Wentz for someone like Justin Herbert. A little bit more humble, no real ego or confidence issues, none of that. And let's say the same exact season plays out. 27-7 touchdown-interception ratio, 94.6 passer rating, they go 9-8, 1-3 start, and they just missed the playoffs because the Raiders again beat the Chargers. Would you still trade the quarterback at this scenario? I don't think you would. So while I get Wentz has attitude and ego issues and 
he may be toxic, I wouldn't have traded him because it looked like he was blossoming again. And so my initial thought was that this offseason was going to be a bust for the Colts and it was going to haunt them going into the 2022 season. However, I was genuinely surprised that the Colts made a really good trade for Matt Ryan, who I think is a really good quarterback to bring in. Now, what's the upside that Ryan brings in? Now, caveat, he is an older quarterback. He'll be 37 by the start of this season, the 2022-2023 season. But here's something interesting. He had a 20-12 to touchdown to interception ratio and a 90.4 passer rating while on the Falcons this past season, while also being a couple tens of yards shy of hitting his average of 4,000 yards passing yards, excuse me, per season. So add that as well as he was a league MVP and he got his team to the Super Bowl and just shy of a couple bad plays or better plays, they would have beaten the Patriots and won the Super Bowl. The Colts have a lot of upswing bringing him in. Now, what's the upswing Ryan gets from being on the Colts? Well, he has a run game now, especially with Jonathan Taylor. And he has a competent offensive line. And on top of that, while their weapons are probably average, Matt Ryan will be able to help elevate them. So now we have a complete package, and I think one of the best new complete packages in the NFL, and particularly the AFC right now. Now, I also think this is the closest to repeating and copying the Matt Stafford experience in LA out of all the major offseason moves, such as Trubisky to the Steelers, Deshaun Watson to the Browns, Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins, and Devontae Adams to the Raiders. I just think that Matt Ryan brings a lot more upswing than some of these other guys. Trubisky's not a bad quarterback, but the thing is he does have a low ceiling. Deshaun Watson hasn't played in the year. We don't know how that will affect him. And no offense to Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, who are excellent wide receivers. We've never really seen like one wide receiver really just elevate a team. And I might be wrong about that, but it's really hard for a wide receiver to do that, whereas a quarterback just does that much easier. Now, how does all this impact the AFC South? Let's look at the other teams really quickly. So, unfortunately for the Titans, who had been dominating division the past four to five years, well, not really four to five years, but two to three, they need a quarterback. Tannehill's not really their guy anymore, and he's getting older. They're also heavily dependent on Derrick Henry, and they don't really have a pass defense, which is going to be really, really dangerous to try and risk that going up against the Colts and any other heavily passing team this season. Also, Henry is getting older, and the lifespan of running backs in their prime in the NFL is not very long. So it's possible he might be on the downswing. Now with the Jaguars and the Texans, they're still in rebuilds. The Texans are in a much harder rebuild. They're in much, you know, hard reboot, boom, boom. Jaguars, though, They've made some major moves as well, such as getting Doug Peterson and getting Christian Kirk as a wide receiver. And so they're rapidly improving on paper. Now, I think the Jaguars, while they might win more games, they won't necessarily be competing really in the AFC South. So to me, this division is now wide open and it's primed for the Colts to take advantage. And I think that's what they're doing right now. 
Now, we'll have to wait and see how this plays out, but don't be surprised if we have a repeat of the Matt Stafford experience, but with Matt Ryan in the Colts. But that's all I got for today. With that said, this has been a Bandolier Corp production. Finn McHale, signing out.